Welcome back from spring break, everybody. My name is Casey Harrison, here for another episode of the State News Sports Podcast. I'm here alongside Stephen Olshansky and fellow basketball writer Connor Clark, breaking down uh, the NCAA tournament for the 2017 season. Um, this is a really exciting bracket, guys. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for this. Um, and this show is going to be dedicated to breaking down this bracket. Um, we're not going to give you the whole details, all all 64 teams. We're going to kind of speed rush it, go from the Elite Eight and onward, who we like, who could be some potential upsets to watch for, and we can kind of just go from there. So uh, without further ado, I think we should just get into this. Um, and we can start in the East region where Villanova is the number one overall seed. And a little interesting fact about the number one overall seed, they haven't even made the final four since Florida did it in back-to-back years. What was it, 06, 07, I believe? Some, somewhere around there. Um, and so I, I like Villanova's chances of going, um, making a deep run. I have them in my Elite Eight, um, and we can start to get into that. And we can start to get into that a little bit more later. Um, I think if you look at the East region, some of the most interesting teams in that one, obviously Villanova. Um, Florida's coming from a good basketball program. Um, and then you have Duke in the East. And Duke, I think, is probably one of the sneakiest teams. Obviously made a lot of noise in the regular season. They have Grayson Allen. Um, they have got Jefferson. And I, I kind of like Duke coming out of that one. I think that they can make a run um, to the Final Four. I don't know about you guys, but for my Elite Eight, who I've got is I've got Nova, Duke, Notre Dame, Arizona, Kansas, Louisville, UNC, and Kentucky. So um, I, I think one of the biggest things is I, I've got Notre Dame upsetting Gonzaga because I honestly I don't think Gonzaga has the track record to kind of establish that they've been there. But I'm going to ask Connor. Connor, what do you think, um, especially with your Elite Eight, who do you've got going on? Well, go with my elite eight. When we start in the east, my two teams, uh, Nova, they'll be fine going through. Uh, obviously, winners last year. Uh, they still have the same core. Don't have Archie Diacono, but Jalen Brunson's taken a huge step uh, just at his maturity from last year. Obviously, Josh Hart. And then Duke, Duke, by far out of teams in college basketball, talent-wise, the most talented. Just their freshman class is ridiculously talented when you got Harry Giles and guys like that who are now starting to play a little more. But Luke Kennard has been managing very well. Obviously, Grayson Allen. So they're going to be just fine uh, winners of the ACC tournament. They're, out, they're, they're getting hot at the right time. When I go down to the West, uh, you mentioned Notre Dame. I actually go with West Virginia here. Um, just the tempo of West Virginia is just you know a little a little different when they go a little high press, and that can obviously be a good factor for you or you know a bad factor for you. It's hit or miss. Um, we saw years ago with Chaka Smart and VCU what that press did uh, to teams. It sped them up, and I think it can. I think you know with their personnel this year, they're a little better uh, than they have been in previous years. So I'm actually going to take it, even though Notre Dame does pose. Uh, good competition, and then the same thing. Uh, Gonzaga, you know, it's tough to be the Zags, and I, you know, it's definitely got to be tough to be their fans because you're saying, you know, you're talking about how deserving you are, and you know, they get the number one seed, which is fine. Uh, I would have liked to see Duke to be a number one seed. I think they earned it, uh, and Gonzaga to be a two. I think that's more than reasonable. Uh, so I have West Virginia actually over Gonzaga for my elite eight, uh, and then Arizona. They came and uh, did a great job. 
uh, winners of the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, Alonzo Trier has been absolutely you know sensational since he came with his suspension the earlier year. Laurie Markkinen, uh, just great, great talent there, doing a good job. When I go over to the Midwest, Kansas, uh, I don't think they're going to have any problems. Kansas this year, uh, they lost to TCU without Josh Jackson. Um, Frank Mason poses just a, you know, a huge talent that this team has. And then I actually am going to go to Michigan. Michigan's been hot at the right time. This is the kind of team that is dangerous. They can shoot uh, from most positions. You know, they haven't defended particularly well, but lately they've been stepping up. And they don't turn the ball over. And that's one of the keys when you get into this tournament are how do you limit dumb mistakes and they do a good job of limiting that. Derek Walton, obviously great uh, at everything scoring-wise. He reads screens coming off him so well. Then when I get into this last uh, last South, UNC with just their size of rebounding in UCLA. There's only two teams in college basketball of six guys average uh, 10 or more points. UCLA is one, Marquette being the other. And I think that's going to be uh, just a reason why they can blow teams out of the water, which is their passing ability. Lonzo Ball, Bryce Alford, TJ Leaf down inside. Uh, I think they can just do it all on many levels. Steven, what you got? Well, that's hard to follow up, Clark, but um, give me the East. Uh, when I go over looking at the East, I kind of, you know, I'll kind of give you guys a little bit of matchups when I look at here. Um, you know, they, they're always in a tournament. There's, you know, always a 12 seed that'll beat a 5 seed. I've seen that consistently throughout, like, maybe the past five years. And, you know, I kind of look at that and I say, Virginia, you know, maybe that's a possible one. I mean, Clark, you picked them as perhaps a, you know, I mean, you even picked them on your bracket right here. I'm looking at Wilmington there as a as a dangerous one. I think that's one one matchup that's very intriguing that you kind of have to look at in terms of upsets. If you don't pick a five through twelve upset and you put money on brackets every year, you're probably going to lose your money. Um, so uh, I look at that one. I also look always at Baylor too. Um, Baylor always chokes in the tournament from what I've really noticed except for that one year a couple of years ago but um, they haven't always impressed me very much so I could see them losing to a 14 seed in New Mexico State um, uh, Marquette this Clark touched on very good and I do think Duke, they will have uh, their hands on you know will play tough with Duke but I do think Duke will ultimately move out of there so um, you know Nova again I will pick them to reach the lead eight along with Duke out of the east region Going forward down to the west, um, as Clark said, Gonzaga, another team like Baylor to me that just doesn't impress me very much, doesn't get very far. And so um, I even have them losing to Northwestern going through then. And then from there, that side, I agree with Clark. West Virginia will reach uh, the Elite Eight from that part of the bracket. Give me um, further down the line, give me Arizona. Though I do like the Florida Gulf Coast-Florida State matchup quite a bit. I find that game rather intriguing. I would pick Florida Gulf Coast for the upset in that one. Give me them. But I do think they lose to Maryland next round. Arizona takes care of Maryland. Uh, give me a Maryland, uh, or not Maryland, give me Arizona to reach the Elite Eight from that side. Um, going over to the Midwest, uh, Michigan State, not going to make it very far. They'll play Kansas in the next round, and they'll get uh, they'll get knocked out pretty easily, and Kansas will take care of business down to the Elite Eight. But they'll face Michigan, I think, out of the Midwest side. They're hot right now, I think. Uh, as Clark touched on, Derek Walton has pretty much stepped up and shown that he's a force. I do think an interesting matchup, though, is Rhode Island and Creighton. Um, I could see Rhode Island pulling off uh, a big win there, and I could see them giving Oregon quite the time as well. But um, I would pick Michigan to come out of there, taking uh, both upsetting Louisville and Oregon in that side. Um, so Kansas and uh, Michigan out of the Midwest for the Elite Eight. And further down the line, um, I do like the Minnesota and Middle Tennessee game down in the south. And I think that would be an intriguing one, especially Michigan State fans who care a little bit about Middle Tennessee State. I do think they uh, take care of business against Minnesota, though Minnesota has shown that they're more than adequate. Um, give me North Carolina to reach there. Um, they'll reach the Elite Eight. And then give me UCLA as well. I do think they take care of business against Kentucky. And so out of my Elite Eight, I'll just to recap there, Nova, uh, give me Duke, West Virginia, Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, UNC, and UCLA. 
Yeah, and Connor, I want to go back to a little bit when you're talking about Michigan because you were really high on Michigan for good reason too. Um, because I think you are right. They're getting hot at the right time. I mean, look at the way they kind of manhandled every team in the Big Ten tournament. Um, but I, I think it was kind of surprising for them to get a seven seed. I think you could have sold them a little bit higher. Um, are there any other schools in this bracket that you think kind of got duped for a higher seed that they should have gotten? Well, no, I think this year what we see, because the committee kind of has its own agenda year in and year out, where it's not, it hasn't really been consistent whether they want to go strength of schedule, RPI, uh, do they honor conference wins more. And I think we really saw that they honored uh, not only the teams that you've played in strength of schedule, but the regular season. And that's why I think that you see a Minnesota being a five, even though you know they didn't make it as far as uh, Michigan. So I think that's kind of what you're seeing now. Uh, teams like Vanderbilt getting an out, and Vanderbilt was considered on many levels a bubble team. Didn't know if they're going to get in or maybe have a playing game at say you know an 11 seed, but they're in easily with the nine against Northwestern. And I think that's what we've seen is uh, teams in those Power Five schools or you know they throw the Big East in there too. They're deserving of basketball. So uh, just you know the mid majors, it's a lot tougher because unless you actually go out and play teams earlier in your year, you're going to have to kind of win your conference championship. And I think Illinois State felt that a lot. Uh, Redbirds were doing uh, you know, undefeated season at home. They were doing a great job, uh, not many losses. But uh, as you see, them not winning their conference championship is the reason why they didn't make it. And uh, the committee honored that. Yeah, and you talk about Northwestern. Obviously, it's the first time that they've been to the big dance. Um you know what? I don't really have them going that far into my bracket. I have them losing to Vandy because, quite frankly, I mean, even though you show up to the big dance, you still have to have a little bit of dancing knowledge to, to show up and do well. And Vandy's done that more than Northwestern, obviously. And solely on that reason, that's why I don't have Northwestern advancing very far in this. Um, yeah, I mean, I have the same thing with Vandy. And, you know, you feel for Northwestern, it's a great story, but when you come into the tournament, a big thing is going to be on mentality and how you, you know, can perceive pressure. And that's why upperclassmen do are, you know, are so successful throughout tournaments. And you see the teams that are winning their national championships are generally older. You don't see Kentucky, you know, you get them every year talking about one, you know, first overall in the beginning of the year, all their new freshman class, but it doesn't all translate except, you know, when they went back and they had Anthony Davis, who was clearly the best college basketball player that year by, by far. And so you see teams like that, they are recouping every year. It's hard for them to really establish themselves and come together in the tournament. And why one thing when you're looking at brackets and you're researching teams, you know, one thing is to just look at the core of guys and, and just kind of see, have they played in the tournament before? Uh, that's kind of why I like UNC Wilmington a lot is they kind of remain the same core of guys last year and they were giving fits. Uh, you know, throughout the season. So that's why that's a team that I would look for that, um, you know, that could, I could, I have them over Virginia. Virginia hasn't impressed me as much. They play good defense uh, ever since without Malcolm Brogdon, though. Uh, I think they've really dropped off. Yeah, and Steven, I want to ask you a little bit about some sleeper teams. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned them a little bit when you were on your little rant. Um, <laughs> a little rant. <laughs> uh, not rant, but, you know, you were talking about mm -hmm. your bracket. Um, uh, tell me, are there any other significant upsets or are there any sleeper teams that you think could have a, a chance at making a significant run? Uh, none. I, I, I can't really think of anything that would make maybe maybe a significant impact. I mean, you always look at Butler. They're always there. And then, I mean, with the four seed, and obviously the committee respects them enough to give them 
uh, a high enough seed like that. And I think, you know, always Butler. You, you, VCU's done it before. Butler has. And, I mean, Florida Gulf Coast, even. These are regulars that have done it before, in a sense. They've all played Cinderella at a point. I think Clark wants to say something. Yeah, I think other teams are going to have to look for it. Uh, Middle Tennessee, you know, Middle Tennessee with Giddy Potts, and they're back with that same core, and they're doing a good job this year. And I think if you get a matchup with, say, Butler, and Winthrop will be tough for Butler, too. Uh, Winthrop went on. They beat Illinois earlier in the year. Uh, you know, they still have... You know, they still have some gusto that you're going to have to go through. But I, I actually like Xavier a lot. I know they lost, you know, with some injuries. It was tough for them. Uh, I actually have them in my Sweet 16 over Florida State. And you mentioned the Florida Gulf Coast. That's going to be fun. If you look at those, if you just look at where they're in Orlando, you're going to have a lot of Florida crowd. That's going to be high energy, Florida athletic and deep. Florida Gulf Coast, obviously, Dunk City. I mean, come on, man. Those are, that's just excitement all over the board. Um, you talk about Florida State, and I also mentioned how I have Notre Dame in my Elite Eight. Um, I think those are two teams that they don't really get that much hype because they're in the ACC. Um, I think if you take them out of that conference, that they're probably generating a little bit more buzz than, than what they are right now. Um, but yeah, th- those are two teams I'm pretty high on. Um, and, and some other teams, that, like you said, I think Butler has the ability to make a little bit of a run. Um, Middle Tennessee State, I, I like their chances over Minnesota um, just because I, I think that nobody really sees them as the, the school that kind of deserves the credit that they do. Um, Minnesota's a good school, but I, I'm not 100% sold if they can make anything kind of work for them down the stretch. Uh, so with that being said, I mean, is there anything else that you guys would like to add to this? I mean, we should probably give our final four, right? Yeah, oh, of course. Well, <laughs> that's what I meant before we oh, get into okay, that. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know where you were. I thought you were trying to end this, and no. I, was, I was getting concerned. I know you're tired, buddy. So. No, I, hey, you're the one who had a long night, not me. Oh, so. my God. Um, so anyway, in my final four, who I've got is I've got Duke, Arizona, and then I've got UNC and uh, yeah, Kansas. I'm sorry. I was looking at my bracket, and it got a little bit messed up. Um, anywho... Yeah, that's that's who I got, and then I, I've probably got UNC going all the way. Uh, when I look at mine, I'm, I I throw out with Duke in uh, Arizona. The Pac-12 has had poor success getting to the Final Four. They haven't reached it in many years. Uh, but this Pac-12 is very deep, uh, and I think that they're all you know equally challenged in there when you take Arizona and you take Oregon. But with the Boucher injury, kind of pulls them out a little bit. UCLA, of course, they're definitely – uh, a lot more, you know, they've experienced a lot more higher-end games. So I go Duke in Arizona, uh, UCLA. I actually go two Pac-12 teams, and then Kansas as well. Then when I get into my uh, those games there, Duke and Arizona, I, I'm riding with Duke. I, I just love the hot streak they've been, uh, just how they've, they've really evolved ever since their issues with Coach K having surgery and being out and, you know, he had to kick everybody out of practice, and just how that this team has faced adversity and bounced back has been incredible, in my opinion. UCLA and Kansas, uh, UCLA, just, I love the firepower. This team is exciting to watch. They work the ball around very well. They're unselfish, and, you know, they really, when they're hot, look out. I mean, they're, they're just exciting all around the board. Uh, but then when I get into my national championship, I got Duke again. Uh, just the Coach K effect, too. Luke Kennard has been crushing it. I mean, when you're beating LeBron's records in Ohio in high school, you're obviously a very special player. Uh, Tatum's come on and played really well for them, too. So I think uh, Duke will be Duke is my national championship team. And I think, you know, I, I think this field is very stacked in a good way. I think it will be highly competitive. 
Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we don't necessarily have the most jump out there, final fours in elite eights. Uh, teams maybe I look at that could maybe cause havoc. Uh, Duke would have to, I have uh, SMU actually beating Baylor earlier to go to my Sweet 16. That would be a tough matchup for Duke there. So I think there's, you know, there's leeway. Obviously, there's going to be one team that jumps out, usually is. Uh, I don't, man, there's many places where it could go. I just don't know where it'll, where it'll be at, but uh, it should be a very exciting March Madness. Personally, my favorite time of the year. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Mark Hollis even said it himself. He said this is probably the best field that there's been in almost five years. Um, I don't know how if that's what you feel, Stephen, but this is a very exciting bracket. Um, I, I'm not 100% sold on Duke like Connor is. Um, I I, I I haven't really looked into it too much, so I mean, Connor probably is more right than I am. Um, I, I've got just a, a little bit bigger of a hunch um, with Arizona. I like what Markinen has been doing and Alonzo Trier. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I mean, Arizona to me is probably the most exciting team to watch in this tournament just because of their explosiveness, and I, I like the Pac-12. I mean, um, I'm, I'm rooting for them to get back to a Final Four. But, Stephen, who do you got? Um, when I look at this, it, it, Clark is very high on Duke, and it's hard not to be, but there's something about me that I, I just can't pick them, in a sense. And then Clark's probably right, though. I think Duke could beat Nova, and they could probably do it pretty handily. But um, I do think I, I'm going to pick uh, Nova to get back to the Final Four, and I'll give you my national championship pick in a second. But uh, for a lot of years, I couldn't pick Arizona, even though they would always been high up there, and they, a lot of people would always pick them to you know get the Final Four, or even perhaps win it you know a couple of years. And I couldn't bring myself to do it, and I'd been right. And but this year, I think um, I'm finally going to break through, and I'm going to pick Arizona in the Final Four. And so on that side, you got Nova and Arizona, and then on the other side, I think Kansas will take care of business against Michigan, uh, kind of a, a rematch of the Trey Burke era. Uh, I think that was the lead. Was that the lead? Was that the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight? So um, I think uh, Kansas will take care of business against Michigan, though Michigan's been very hot. I do think Kansas has been better. Um, I, and when I look at UNC and UCLA, I, I, I kind of have to go with my gut, and my gut says UCLA. I just kind of look at it, and I think they've been very exciting. And, I mean, they, they beat Kentucky earlier this year, I believe, right? I think. I can't remember. It was one of the bigger teams. But um, – and I, I look at it, and I just think it just screams to me UCLA, and I do think they'd upset Kansas. And I would have UCLA in the uh, – I don't, I don't know if you can call it an upset, but I do think uh, UCLA will beat Kansas, play in the national title game, where they'll take on uh, Nova again. We'll have another shot at winning it, and I do think they will go back-to-back, to be honest with you. And that, I guess, is my uh, – I'm not going to go with the convention here. Give me give – me, I mean, I think a lot of people are picking Nova, but between the three of us, uh, give me Villanova here. And so for the big kahuna, the, the, the national title winner, I mean, y- you've got your pick, you've got my pick. Connor, um, you've got your pick. But now it's a chance for you guys to fill out your bracket. You can do it at statenews.com. Um, if, you can fill out um, via through Facebook, or you can also do it um, by making a username and registering online. But we have prizes, and um, our, our grand prize total winner will win a $100 prize pack um, courtesy of Skyview Apartments, uh, lovely for them to do that for us um, for our yearly bracket challenge. And then before we wrap this up, I want to talk about this Michigan State and Miami matchup. Um, obviously, Michigan State getting the exit early from the Big Ten tournament, um, and it could be the last time ever possibly we see Miles Bridges in a Spartan uniform. Um, Connor, I mean, before we kind of look into this matchup, what have you seen 
um, from Miami, and how do you think Michigan State can kind of stack up with them? You know, a, a time like this when you get first-round jitters and you get a, a whole set of new people, I, I do actually like Michigan State here just because – when it comes down to the tournament, and this is something that the average person doesn't really watch for when they watch basketball games, is you got to watch by matchup. That's why Michigan's done so well. When they played Purdue in the Big Ten tournament, what they did is they put DJ Isaac Haas was guarding DJ Wilson, and they said, hey, if we get the ball to him, Isaac Haas has to come up to the three-point line and guard him. If he does, we'll go right by him. And if he sags off, then DJ Wilson can shoot the three because he's good enough for it. And I think that's the mentality that you have to take into this. Michigan State hasn't done a good job of exploiting matchups because they're at such a loss with all of their injuries and their height that it's been tough for them to do that. So I think Miami not being as monstrous as, you know, other teams, that it actually will give them uh, a better, you know, will give them a better shot for it. And I think energy-wise, we've seen, you know, when we cover games, uh, how well they play with energy. Uh, and I think that, you know, how, how Izzo works and how the team works, that they can be energized enough to win. Uh, going to, but yeah, Kansas, I definitely see him out, and then I definitely see, I see Miles Bridget to the draft too after I think it will be his last time, which I think is why we see him be a little more passionate after losses, because I think he knows that his time at MSU is uh, dwindling as well. Yeah, I mean, just a little sidetrack, I think just by the way he talks to the media now, you can kind of gauge it from that, because he's giving these general coach-speak answers, he's not giving you these thought-out... Well, he's been doing that all year. Yeah, I, I mean, but it, it's really started, like, I mean, I've just started to really notice it. Like, he's been going extra heavy with it. Um, and I don't care about the rumors of what his dad says, like, th- that he should come back for another year. Obviously, it's Miles' choice. Um, and if you're going to antagonize an 18-, 19-year-old kid for the possibility of making millions of dollars, um, I think you're a lunatic because, obviously, if you were in that position, uh, the money speaks for itself. Well, I mean, the money, when I talked to him and I did my one story with him, was he's like, the money will always be there for me. But big things on why I think he'll leave is because Aaron Harris's injury, he got to see that. And you got to see his tears on his face on the floor. He was right there, experienced it. And right there, he learns how fragile this game is and how quick an injury like that can take that money away from you. So I think that's a big part of it. And two, you come back, you come back to school for a few different reasons. One of which is maturity, which he doesn't need. He's not a flight risk for anything. We don't, you know, you never hear anything bad about Miles going around or that he's up to anything, no good, and things like that. Uh, and they're going to use Caleb Schwanigan as the poster child to this of coming back an extra year. Caleb had a lot of work to do still. Uh, he didn't really get the uh, experience and good, you know, you know, we talk about when we do internship applications, we got to send our clips. Well, his clips weren't very good because he was playing behind, you know, Haas and AJ Hammond. So he needed that. But Miles Bridges, obviously, I mean, you saw that 360 dunk. I mean, yeah, <laughs> this that, guy, that might've been one of the best dunks I've ever seen in person ever. I mean, this that guy was, that was an absolutely monster of a dunk. I mean, physically he, he matches up fine. I, you know, I thought I'd throw him in the lottery. So, uh, I think he'll be gone there too, but you know, back to the MSU Miami pick. Go right ahead. I know you had a little different narrative than I did. Um, I I just don't. I don't know. I I look at what Miami has done and the fact that they've been able to beat UNC, to beat Duke, um, and, and the fact that this, this team really does have trouble sometimes jumping out of the gate and coming out, kind of punching their their opponent right in the mouth and getting out to a commanding lead. And obviously, it's going to be different because they're in the tournament. And if, if you're not ready this time around, then I, I guess sayonara. But I, I can see it both ways, and I, I don't want to be a flip-flopper, 
So if I had to pick gun to my head, I would choose Miami. But I could see the avenue of Michigan State winning. Obviously, um, there's not a chance that they could beat Kansas. So that is probably one of their, the worst matchups they could probably have. Um, even though there is that reunion with Josh Jackson and Miles Bridges in that entire freshman class. But uh, I, I think that'll do, pretty much wrap it up for this. Um, any final thoughts that you want to add about the tournament, about anything, Connor? Just go to, if you want all of our picks, uh, we'll have our whole bracket set up. Um, just go to stadios.com. There should be a little tab that you can click on. Fill out your bracket. Try to win some prizes. Uh, I think you can get like $50 on a MasterCard, prepaid MasterCard 2 in one of the rounds. There's multiple prizes, so you're not limited just, uh, just to the big prize. And, uh, hey, even if you uh, don't win anything, see how you match up with us. If you beat us, eh, you know, I always invite a little smack talk on Twitter, things like that. That's fine with me. So uh, feel free to do any of that. But, you know, you can't win unless you play ball. So grass is green and ball's in your court. And, yeah, actually adding on to that, there's actually prizes for each round. So if, if that's something you guys are, are uh, fond of, if you guys like free stuff, all you got to do is be a good Nostradamus. Probably don't have any money here. <laughs> and uh, sometimes all you have to do is just pick, you know, what, what mascot you like the most because that, that has worked out sometimes better than any bracket that a bracketologist could. Uh, <laughs> don't say Wildcats. Yeah. There's too many. <laughs> so anyway, um, that'll do it for this edition of the State News Sports Podcast. Uh, we'll see you later on this week before Connor and I head to Tulsa for that uh, first-round matchup. And so with that, I will leave you guys and have a good week.